0: I'm Elliot Kraft, and this is The Cafeteria. Twice a month, we bring you the only English training podcast for Francophone professionals, exclusively for members of Kraft Anglais. In today's episode, we introduce a dozen phrases to help you lead meetings in English like a pro. And we tackle the pronunciation of ordinal numbers, essential for scheduling en anglais. And as always, I take questions from you, the Craft Anglais community. So get yourself a coffee, pick up your Frishti, and let's get started. Leading meetings can be challenging, even in the most welcoming of environments. Reaching a productive and timely outcome in such a way that everyone feels they've had an opportunity to contribute and be heard, it's a big responsibility. For many of us, the pressure that comes with this responsibility is only intensified by the feeling of being in the spotlight, by the sensation that all eyes are on you, silently monitoring and evaluating each transition, each question, each intervention. Dealing with all of this in one's native language can be stressful enough as it is, but having to lead meetings in a language that's not your own can feel like a regular Mount Everest. In today's episode of The Cafeteria, our mission is to arm you with the tournure de phrase you need to lead meetings in English with professionalism and poise. By the time we're finished, you'll have a dozen classic formulations to get things started, move things along, politely interrupt people, and bring your meeting to a close. If this is the first time you're hearing about Craft Anglais, be sure to check us out at craftanglais.com. Creating your free account is fast and easy. Let's get to it. Act 1, mini-lesson. Why don't we get started? Today's mini-lesson is all about introducing you to key phrases for leading both small and large meetings in English. In preparing the lesson, I thought it made sense to group these formulations by theme. In Scene 1, we'll work on punctuating the meeting, getting started, proposing a break, resuming the meeting following a break, and concluding it. Our theme for Scene 2 is getting people involved, in particular, giving meeting participants the floor and asking if people have questions or comments. In Scene 3, we'll work on moving things along, with phrases to indicate that time is running short and to politely interrupt that colleague of yours who's having a hard time getting to the point. As I introduce the various formulations, I'll provide some comments about how they work and what makes them natural, spontaneous choices for me. As a general rule, I'm recommending only what I consider classic, universally accepted phrases. Whether you're a junior associate or the PDG, whether your meeting is in person or online, these formulations will never be inappropriate. As usual, all the material we cover today can be found on the Craft Anglais platform. You'll find today's episode in the Practically Speaking space. As you heard a moment ago, my go-to phrase for kicking off a meeting is, why don't we get started? You're going to hear the expression, why don't we, a lot in the next few minutes, so it's worth taking a moment to unpack it. At first glance, why don't we get started looks like a question. But make no mistake, in English, it's a clear call to order. What makes it work so well for scenarios like meetings is that the question form has the effect of softening the call to order, making it collegial and relaxed. The effect is a bit like the conditional verb tense, would you consider, for example, rather than the more confrontational sounding, will you consider. Another thing worth pointing out about why don't we get started is the use of the first person plural pronoun we. It's not about you, it's not about me, it's about us and our collective purpose in the meeting at hand. The expression why don't we is one of the most important takeaways for today's lesson. Think of it as a kind of Swiss Army knife for giving confident but polite orders in English. If calling the meeting to order also means getting people's attention, if there's a lot of chatting going on in the room, for example, try adding the word okay. Okay, why don't we get started? The okay here simply adds a couple of syllables, getting people's attention and letting them know an announcement is about to be made. It's a positive, affirmative word, and a much better solution than ahem. Let's talk about waiting. As I was imagining the various scenarios for today's lesson, a situation occurred to me that we've probably all been in at one point or another. Everyone's around the table, ready to start the meeting, but one of the key participants is late. They're stuck in the lobby waiting for the elevator, or they're fighting with the coffee machine in the break room, or they're finishing a cigarette and flirting with an intern, or something like that. A good phrase in a situation like this would be, I think we're still waiting for Jean-Baptiste, to which you could add, why don't we give him a few minutes? I told you you were going to be hearing that phrase a lot. In fact, it's also what I'm recommending for proposing a break. A simple, classic way to introduce a break is with the phrase, why don't we take a short break? If the break is lunch or something longer, you could use the formulation, why don't we break for lunch? If you'd like to indicate a time frame, you could add a phrase like, let's continue in 10 minutes, or why don't we meet back here at 2. My recommendation for concluding a meeting should come as no surprise. It's, why don't we stop there for today? As an alternative, you could try something like, we should probably stop there for today. We'll get into giving the floor in just a moment, but if you're transitioning from an ongoing discussion when concluding your meeting, you might add a phrase like, if there are no other comments or questions. If there are no other comments or questions, why don't we stop there for today? Now that we've covered starting, breaking, and wrapping up, let's talk about how to donner la parole. Here we're going to tackle two scenarios what to say when inviting a specific person to speak, and what to say when you don't have anybody in particular in mind but just want to open the floor to questions and comments. In both cases, an important consideration is whether you, as the master of ceremonies, are developing an ongoing conversation or transitioning from one topic to a new one. In the phrase I just recommended for wrapping up a meeting, if there are no other comments or questions, why don't we stop there for today, we're clearly in a transitional moment, moving from an ongoing discussion to something else, in this case, the conclusion of the meeting. If you're giving the floor to somebody and it is a transition to a new topic, try inviting your colleague to speak with a formulation like, "Leah, I think you wanted to say a few words about blah blah blah. Let's talk about the expression, I think. Now, in this scenario, you know very well that Leia has something to say. It's already been established, perhaps in a previous smaller discussion or while planning the meeting. So the function of the expression, I think, here, as well as the use of the preterite, wanted, is exactly like the why don't we of why don't we get started. It softens the transition and keeps the room relaxed. And it's a way better solution than abruptly announcing, everybody, Leia has something to say. If you want to give a colleague the floor while developing or building on an ongoing conversation, try a phrase like, "Leah, I think you had something you wanted to add on this topic. Finally, if you observe that a colleague's body language suggests that they have something they'd like to say, a good formulation would be, "Leah, was there something you wanted to add? All three of these options are classic ways of handing over the mic, and your colleague Leo will take it from there. Now, in the second scenario, when your goal is to make sure that anybody who has something to contribute has had a chance to do so, you could use the more open-ended, does anybody have anything they'd like to add? This is the option to use when a discussion is already underway, of course, and I should point out that it can be particularly useful when jump-starting the conversation after a long and potentially awkward silence. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add? With does anybody have anything they'd like to add, we get into our third and final theme, moving things along. And here I want us to focus on two specific scenarios. First, let's look at the classic situation of the time crunch. You're there in the meeting room and a robust, productive conversation is taking place, but you're looking at the clock and you're looking at your agenda and you're asking yourself, how are we going to get through all this? In a situation like this, a phrase like, we're running a little short on time, can be a strong ally. Like with the other examples we've seen, The addition of the expression, a little here, has the effect of relaxing things, sending the right message while keeping the temperature cool and non-urgent. If things are urgent, if the time allotted for the meeting has been exceeded, a phrase like, we're running over time, will work just fine. I should add that neither phrase sounds very nice on its own, so you'll want to make whichever one you use part of a transition of some kind so that you're proposing something rather than just observing that time is running out. Here's one possible formulation. I'm afraid we're running over time. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add before we wrap up? You'll notice I threw in, I'm afraid, at the beginning here. This is yet another handy phrase to keep your interventions cool and non-confrontational, as well as discreet. I'm afraid is especially useful for politely declining requests, as in, I'm afraid we don't have time to discuss the licensing agreement today, Jean-Baptiste. Could we put that on the agenda for our next meeting? And here's today's final recommendation for running a successful meeting in English. It's for a delicate situation we've all been in at one point or another, needing to interrupt somebody. Whether you're running over time or just wishing your colleague would make his or her point, here's what I suggest. Sorry, Olivier. I just want to be sure we have time to discuss the rollout. Usually, not much more needs to be said. Olivier understands it's time to move on and that you have a responsibility as the meeting leader to make that happen. There you have it. A dozen phrases to help make leading meetings in English more manageable. These are ready-to-use phrases for the contexts described, so go ahead and download this lesson's cheat sheet and start practicing. Is there something we covered here today that you have a question or comment about? An important scenario that we missed? Click over to the Craft Anglais community and let's get the conversation going. Act 2 Pronunciation Break. Earlier this month, I published the first of a two part lesson on the topic of scheduling on the Craft Anglais platform. In it, I pointed out several critical differences between the ways we talk about scheduling in French and English. One of the biggest differences has to do with the use of cardinal numbers 1 2 3 un, deux, trois and ordinal numbers first second third premier deuxième troisième With the exception of the first day of the month, dates in French are expressed using cardinal numbers. In English, however, cardinal numbers are never used. Dates are expressed exclusively using ordinal numbers. So, la réunion est prévue pour le 17 janvier, becomes the meeting is scheduled for January 17th. Ordinal numbers in English can be tricky for francophones because they require the use of some of the most challenging pronunciation maneuvers, in particular, the famous th sound we talked about all the way back in episode 1 of the cafeteria. We see this in numbers third and fourth, but in an even trickier way in a number like fifth, where th is competing with the aspirated th sound. In episode 3 of the cafeteria, we talked about T's becoming D's, as in the words better, butter, and matter. We also see this in the pronunciation of ordinal numbers, like with the number 30. Because the ordinal numbers bring up so many of the major pronunciation challenges faced by francophones, I promised we would devote today's pronunciation break to an exercise on numbers 1 through 31, or 1st through 31st. In the entry for today's episode on the Craft Anglais platform, you'll find the table of ordinal numbers I shared in the first part of the scheduling lesson. We'll be working from that table today, so you may want to have it in front of you for our exercise. Here it goes. We're just going to run through the numbers in sequence, nothing fancy. Please repeat after me. First. Second. Third. Fourth. Fifth. Sixth. Seventh. Eighth. Ninth. Tenth. 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, Twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth, thirty first. If you found this even a little challenging, I strongly recommend that you come back to today's pronunciation break once or twice a week to repeat our exercise. Scheduling is one of the most frequent uses of language in the workplace, and the only way to really get these right is to train the connection between your brain and your body. If you haven't already, check out Part 1 of the scheduling lesson on the platform. We look at the fundamentals of event planning and deadlines, with an emphasis on preposition use. We also take a look at some key points of conflict between French and English, like cardinal and ordinal numbers. Next month, in Part 2, we'll be moving to rescheduling and getting into more complex topics like the use of prepositions through, up to, and until, and adjectives this, last, and next. And now, it's time for office hours. Act 3, Office Hours As always in the cafeteria, we conclude by taking questions from you, the Craft Anglais community. Today we have time for just one question, and it's a great one. Aurélie asks... What do you think about the practice of looking up words while reading or engaging with content? Time is precious, and if you have just one hour or two each week for English, looking up words in a dictionary is not the best use of that time. Especially once you've started to establish a map of linguistic points de repère, like the one we build together here at Craft Anglais, exposure and volume are the most important things. The more exposure to English you have, the more opportunities you'll have to link what you're reading or listening to back to the main problematics you're training on at any given time. Furthermore, the science says that the meaning of many foreign language words will become clear simply by seeing them in context enough times. This is another good argument for keeping the focus on volume and exposure. If you've got an hour, read for an hour. Do it actively, making connections between what you're reading and the mental map of English you're building in your training, but don't stop and go down the vocabulary rabbit hole. It's tempting, I know, but you're going to get way more out of your precious English time if you just focus on the practice of reading, and the vocabulary you pick up will be stronger because it will be in context. If expanding your vocabulary is a big goal for you, Go ahead and rapidly underline or jot down words that are unfamiliar, but don't stop to look them up. Don't interrupt the flow of English exposure. Later on, when you have 10-15 minutes, you can select the most interesting words and look them up, but keep that activity separate from the activities of reading or listening or watching. Thanks for the great question. That does it for this episode of The Cafeteria. In two weeks, we'll be off, but we're back on March 24th with an episode you won't wanna miss. Our focus, an interview technique you can use in any situation where you're asked a question and have no idea how to reply. If there's a topic you'd like to hear featured in a future episode of The Cafeteria, or if you have a question you'd like to have answered in office hours, just post to the community or hit me up in the messenger. Until next time, stay safe and have a great weekend. Coucher Jean-Pierre. Pas bouger.